welcome to the Static Zone podcast, where we discuss everything you watched back when TVs had a static snow cover channel. Before you popped in that VHS or switched over to Channel 3, spoilers ahead. Excuse me, Missy. Yippee-ki-yay, I'm Scotty Moe, and I could watch that backside all day. It's Corey, a.k.a. Tornado Jones. Yeah, I'm on. Mm. I, I thought of that like an hour ago, and I was like, I'm going to say that when he goes to my name, and I thought it was the funniest thing. That you say Yaman? Yaman? I said Yaman. All right. I think that should probably be the end of the impressions, but uh, sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, you guessed it because we're watching Cool Runnings, uh, the 1993 Disney classic. Uh, we're keeping, uh, not by any purposeful meaning that we continued a Disney thing, because last time we did watch Rocketeer. By the way, I picked up some Rocketeer swag in between, because... Uh, you, got re- you got real into it. Like, yeah, <laughs> you were looking at Rocketeer shit for like three days. I was doing some research that I should have done before the podcast. That's how professional Focus. we are here there at Static Zone. Um, but this pin, this enamel pin that I got, which is just like, uh, I won't show it again because the focus thing's so screwy sometimes on this camera. Um, it's just the right. Rocketeer's head says Rocketeer below it for those listening. Um, and, uh, but it's an actual pin from 1985 cause that's when the Rocketeer was created and then the comics were, and then eventually Disney made a movie. But did you um, say that wasn't that expensive, right? Uh, gentlemen don't discuss prices, but, uh, um, that made yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it is um, Dave Stevens. Dave Stevens is the creator. His name's actually on the back of this. Uh, he has passed. He passed. I forgot the year. I apologize. But he has passed. And his sister runs the Dave Stevens estate. So the, this purchase went towards the actual creator. So that's pretty cool. Um, and pretty they do still neat. sell art through him, through his name, the estate. And they also have um, a Kickstarter going on right now at the time of this recording for Rocketeer coins, collectible coins. Uh, there's a set of three, or you can get each one depending on what tier you do, whatever. But this isn't a Kickstarter ad. Just wanted to make people aware if you do they look dig pretty the Rocketeer. Cool, <laughs> yeah, if you dig the Rocketeer and dug what we were discussing last episode, um, look into the Rocketeer estate because they've still, it's pretty, it's very active considering how long ago that movie was and how long ago the Rocketeer was made. Um, sorry. I'm telling you, I loved uh, Red Letter Media's uh, sequel proposition. Yeah, that, they had that was some a good, good ideas. Good discussion as as well. That's that's what we're about here. We're about uh, talking about other podcasts and tell you to listen to other people. <laughs> so yeah, for all the people um, that listen, the uh, yeah, for both of you guys. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Nick <laughs> and uh, Graham. Um, but anyway, uh, if you dug what we discussed. Look into that stuff because there's plenty going on. I wanna I wanna read the comics eventually. Um, I didn't find time to research if there were if there was a trade paperback volume because I I as anyone if like anyone a large collection or something yeah, yeah when you guys see the videos you'll see behind me I got enough collecting going on. I'm so happy I never got into comics though because holy crap those take You're up more. You're dabbling room. though. You're dabbling a little bit. Not really. I'm just reading Sonic. <laughs> That's. All right, yeah. well, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was dabbling into the aliens and the Pre- aliens comic series and the predator comic series as well. Right. Like, uh, Omnibus has some cool stuff from them, but yeah, I we discussed understanding. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say we've discussed so many things that came from comics as I drink from my Transformers glass. Thank God I never tried to get the get those or turtles, you know, um, but I will say in honor of this episode, 
Can't show it off, but I am enjoying some Red Stripe right now. Uh, I was going to say... They they got a lot new cool transformers coming out. I check them out at Walmart every time I go. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I pick them up and scope them out, but um, there's not. Oof, I can't get into those. I can't. I'm so happy I don't collect figures too. I'm so uh, mad. I'm gonna go see that stupid fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, wait, Transformers. Yeah, I'm gonna go see the Beast Wars one. I have oh, to. Uh, yeah. So before we go down even more rabbit holes, go check out more Rocketeer <laughs> stuff. Listen to that episode if you haven't. It was fun. Uh, and Cool Runnings. Tell us about it, Corey. First, where can uh, we watch it, and what are you going to read? Well, you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. You can also watch it on... I think YouTube has it as well. YouTube it's got does. a DVD. I believe there's also a Blu-ray. I don't know, maybe, but I, I got the DVD for like 10 bucks. So I'm going to read the back of this. Uh, it says, you'll love Cool Runnings, the outrageously funny hit inspired by the true story of Jamaica's first Olympic bobsled team. They were four unlikely athletes with one impossible dream. Now, with the help of an ex-champion as their coach, John Candy uh, from Uncle Buck, four Jamaicans leave their sunny tropical island home and enter the chilly Winter Olympics to compete for the gold in a sport they know nothing about, bobsled racing. Finding the courage in each other to give uh, it their all, they meet the challenge and soon become heroes, taking the whole world along for the ride. You'll be cheering long and loud for this, this unlikely team in, in this feel-good comedy hit. Special features include widescreen, Dolby Surround, theatrical trailer, and chapter search. I love that a DVD has to put chapter search as a special feature. <laughs> that was back when DVDs meant something. Um, well, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, I realize now I did not add what everyone has been in before for the actors and actresses. I only put down the freaking writer and director what they've done before. Uh, I'm, I've got um, some, I can pull some shit up. So yeah, if you want to open each person in a separate window or something real quick, but um, it is starring John Candy. Uh, for those that don't know, he was one of the larger than life comedians of the 90s, 80s and 90s. Um, he was also in Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, Such a like good movie. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Uncle Buck. This was the last movie that released uh, that he was in while he was still alive because he actually passed a couple months yes. after this released. Whoops, dropped my pin. That was loud. Um, when he was actually filming Wagons East, I believe. Yeah, Wagons East and Canadian Bacon were the last two films released featuring him that did not have as good of a reception as this one. This was like the last decent received. Great Outdoors is my personal favorite. That one's really good. <laughs> is that after? Well, what I said was the two movies after this one that were in him, that had him in it post-mortem. They did not oh, have yeah, as good a reception. Gotcha. Yeah, that's how much Corey listens to me, everybody. So what were you about to say? I'm in my own little <laughs> world. It's fine. Don't mm. worry about it. I'm just giving you time to drink, so go ahead. Boo, crazy foot doctor. Um, <laughs> tell us about some people here. Uh, all right, so first one up is... Hold on, I got... Hold on, there we go. Uh, Leon, and I'm making sure to say... His name is just Leon, is what it is. It's Leon. Uh, he yeah, plays at the time uh, of this, Darice. anyway. He plays Darice. He was also in... He played Little Richard. Apparently, it was like a 2000 oh, uh, documentary. Okay. He was in the movie The Temptations and also a movie called Above the Rim. I do remember Temptations, and it's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, Dougie Doug plays Sanka. He is also he is known for Eight-Legged Freaks, Shark Tale, and That Darn Cat. <laughs> the updated remake of That Damn Cat. 
I guess. He plays no, an is. Agent Z. That's not a Kelso. joke. Oh, is that's it not really? a, That's not a hilarious <laughs> Scotty Moe original. That is a joke. I mean, that is not. Oh. That is... They just blur reality. I don't I don't know when they are or not. So mm-hmm. uh, we have Raul D. Lewis, who plays Junior. He is known for, uh, it? it's a TV series called Narco, Narcos Mexico. He's also known for Bite Size Halloween, which was a TV series. Not sure what that is. And uh, another TV series called Life in Pieces. And then finally, uh, Malik Yoba, who plays Yul Brenner, which I didn't catch the joke until the second watching. I was like, oh, Yul Brenner is an actual person. So, like, <laughs> Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, the, uh, Yul Brenner was uh, one of like the big actors. He's a Russian actor that was known for his theatrical performance of The King and I. He played the king. Oh, that's fine. And he got like two huge awards for it and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, Malik is known also for New York Undercover, a TV series, a movie called Copland and Daddy Don't Go, where he was a producer of that movie. Isn't Copland? What's the year Copland released? Because that sounds, I think that's uh, recent. It's 97. Never mind. He plays... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what you were looking for. There's there. definitely either uh, a, a series or a recently released movie called Copland, but go ahead. And who was his last one? Kurt Hempel? Let me pull that one up real quick. He's the shitty white guy that kicks them out of the Olympics. I think he, he was he was Irv's uh Irv's coach. So uh, uh Oh, was he? Yeah, I, I believe I, so. I honestly I'm so bad with names and he there there were so many thrown out like well, in his he time has of like freaking... signing up for the Olympics till right. they show up. I was like, who is who? He so. looks. He looks. He's wearing a different jacket. I think the other two guys were his uh, couple of his uh, teammates. Okay. Because they had the USA jackets on. Anyway, uh, Raymond J. Barry plays Kurt. Uh, he is known for the movie Just Married, the movie uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, uh, and Falling Down, which I heard is a pretty good movie, and Training Day. Gotcha. So, pretty some big hitters. Some I. I know the movie Just Married more than I should. I watched that multiple times growing up. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, all right. It's not and then, good. Uh, yeah, I'll fly through um, some more of the credits here. Uh, directed okay. by John Turtletob, who directed Phenomenon. Some people might not remember that. It starred John Travolta. He had, like, psychic-ish powers. There were um, two movies, Phenomenon and Michael, came out around the same time, and I always got them mixed up on which yeah, movie was everybody, which. Everybody did, yeah. Very much a um, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings scenario when nobody knows who Elijah Wood or uh, Daniel Radcliffe is. They're all in the same movies together, that kind of thing. That's true. I can understand that. Um, Phenomenon, he also, there somewhere. he also directed the Sandy Bullock classic While You Were Sleeping uh, and was the producer on National Treasure. So he, Did you say Sandy? Sandy Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Sandy. <laughs> you Everybody don't know knows. Sandra Bullock enough to call her Sandy. Everybody knows Sandy. How many of her? I've seen plenty of her films. Uh, she yeah, told me Connor Reeves is a great Sandra. guy. No, it's Sandy. <laughs> Clearly not a fan. All right, that's a Liars. separate podcast. The uh, the Sandy podcast. It's called You and Me, Sandy D. B? Sandy B. Uh, I don't know where you're going with this. John Travolta anyway. joint. <laughs> Uh, and then the writer Lynn Ooh, creepy Seifert, doctor. <laughs> yeah, the writer of the film who did the story and the screenplay, Lynn Seifert. Um, I noted that she was a producer for that TV show Sports Night and some other stuff. I remember that. Uh, and then Michael Ritchie, who wrote the story for this as well, was the director of The Golden Child. He also directed okay. The Island from 1980 and then also the Chevy Chase film Fletch 
in 85. So a lot of Golden Child. Like proficient. I've always seen I've always seen parts of Golden Child, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it. I have not. I think until I saw Coming to America, I thought clips I saw of Golden Child <laughs> were that movie. So yeah, yeah. I can understand the cover. Can yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, um, we're terrible. But that was an Eddie Murphy thing. Uh, and then, but however, I didn't look at these too much. So these are going to be real reactions for the numbers. Um, the we'll go through the budget and then where it ranked and everything. The budget was fourteen million. Domestic opening. Only seven million. Uh, I have double dollars on our docket again. Um, double, damn it! Yeah, uh, Trigun. But the domestic what <laughs> overall was sixty-eight million. International was eighty-six million. Worldwide, one hundred and fifty-four million. So I honestly do it was not a know. Huge commercial success. <laughs> like other than maybe that's not um, Disney good enough. You know what I mean? Like by disney standards to what do people sequel. think this movie bombed Num- f- uh, feed, uh, numbers like this make me think it should have had a sequel but we've watched better films that had nothing i'm so glad them, so. well i'm glad it doesn't have a sequel but i think it there's Sorry. sequel material based off of even more real life events that happened later right yeah dumb um i mean dumb. dumb that there is no sequel is what i'm saying um no, I don't think I want it. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm well, I'm just saying, like, it made money, so I don't understand why more stuff was not around about it. Like, even in today's world, somehow there'd be a Cool Runnings TV show, which would make no sense. Um, but Yeah, this because I was trying to be like, ah, there wasn't a whole lot of sequels. I was like, no, that's not true. This is like the age of when the good sequels were starting. Like, when was Home Alone 2? Wasn't that around 93? That was 93? Maybe. Um, what I was going to say though, this will actually, will dip into our factoids a little bit. This was, okay. uh, at the time, the highest grossing live action film released under the Walt Disney pictures banner. So live action. Yeah. I'm trying so, to think of something before this. I mean, there was, was like the, the live actions, 101 Dalmatians, I think was before this with, um, what's his name? Uh, was Dumb and Glenn. Dumber. And Glenn Close. Yeah, yeah. and Glenn, Glenn Close. Ah, I do. Re- all right. I got All right. I'll yeah. do some research. Hold there's, on. <laughs> yeah, there's been live action Disney before. The, well, there's been plenty of live action Disney before this. Uh, Kurt Russell is basically was ba- it, there was that joke that like he was Disney's favorite uh, up and coming dude star. Um, uh, not oh, child yeah, star because he was already old enough, but like. Uh, no, yeah. 101 Dalmatians came out in uh, 1996. Whoops. Well. The fact-driven podcast strikes again. Um, you goofed, you fucking goofer. <laughs> yeah. What else did you? What do you have a list of there? The live-action stuff, or? Uh, no, I just looked up 101 Dalmatians. I'm just. Uh, gotcha. Well, I can't think of anything else, but whatever, whatever. Speaking of <laughs> movies, uh, let's go through the top ten-ish that came out this weekend. So this did release in October, which is. I guess the weird release. Yeah, because like you this. would think it would release like around the Winter Olympics or they would try. I don't know. That's you're having the same to deal time, with Halloween movies. That's what I mean. At the same time, it's like I feel like as a child, I was one of the demographics for this movie. So I wouldn't be paying attention to the Winter Olympics anyway. So what do I know? Um, right. But we had it number one for the weekend domestic for uh, October 1st, 93. Malice. I don't the, know what this uh, movie is. I'm looking it up. Number two, The Good Son, which was Macaulay Culkin starring as like a possessed child or an evil child or something. Uh, number three oh, was cool. Ma- <laughs> huh? 
Mouse. I was going to say, Malice has Alec, uh, Alec Baldwin in it, I think. <laughs> Great. Uh, number two was The Good Son. Number three, Cool Running. So that was what it debuted at. Number four, The Program. Five, The Age of Innocence. Four, I mean, wait, six, what? for love or money, seven, a Bronx tale, eight, the fugitive, nine, the joy luck club, 10, striking distance, number 11, Jurassic Park, but that was his eighth week, eighth week, yeah. number 12 was Hocus Pocus, number 13, Hocus Snow Pocus. White and the Seven Dwarves, and number 14, The Ballad of Little Joe, so Disney was still owning the charts with three movies in it. Um, one, two, the five movies in the top. Oh, sorry, yeah, five because the program and the Joy Luck Club, whatever the hell that is. Um, oh, I used to be able to hover over this and at least show me the picture, but I guess not. Um, yeah, but that's sort of crazy, and also crazy that Hocus Pocus had already been out for a month and a half, <laughs> going into October. Um, you they know. were getting it early. Yeah. Um, that one was still destroying, though. The total gross for Hocus Pocus was $100 million. Number three, opening weekend's not bad, though. Not bad oh, at I'm all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I looked at Snow White was $100 million. Hocus Pocus was considered a flop back when it came out. Now it's a cult classic or whatever. So, um, it got a sequel because of that cult classic. Yeah, it, it got a sequel. Uh, cool Runnings. Yeah. Number three, <laughs> though. Number three for a random sports movie isn't too bad, I'd say. You know? Feel good comedy. Yeah, I think that was the other thing, too, is we've kind of indirectly had a theme of just a feel good family films. This film, before we get into it, I feel like is a good like flipping the channels. You find it on a Sunday afternoon, you know, this you is a comfort kinda, movie. You can kind of jump in anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a real big comfort movie for me. It's like not oops. not one of my be- like I, I like it. It's 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 a fun movie. I remember seeing it first time was in school. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? This is awesome. Oh, I know really? that John Candy guy. Yeah. Interesting. Even as a kid, I knew who John Candy was. I feel like I did not know actors' names, but I knew who I knew faces. I was like, oh, it's that guy from Home Alone. Because I remember him at the in Home Alone. I remember him, you know, I saw Great Outdoors by then. I saw Great Outdoors when I was mm-hmm. real young. I probably shouldn't have saw it that young. So <laughs> Right. Um but yeah, we can talk about uh before we go too far into it. This is based on a story, barely anything, very loosely based on a true story. Um, But we'll get more into that with the factoids. First, we'll talk about the movie. Uh, And I will say, I noticed my second watch of this, that Hans Zimmer did the score. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed it. why not? (laughs) I was just like, when I saw, I was watching it the first time, and I think I looked on the back, it said music by Hans Zimmer. I said, what the fuck? I didn't know Hans Zimmer did the music for Cool Runnings. But I couldn't, I could, like, it has a lot of, like, catchy uh, tunes in it mm-hmm. that are clearly not yeah. the score. But, like, I couldn't tell you any part of the score. But it was just, Hans Zimmer's name just stood out to me. <clears throat> uh, I thought that was kind of funny because it's like, this is just a f- fun family romp. You don't need Hans Zimmer, you know, but maybe. Fun family know. romp that made so much fucking money. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Um so as usual, my notes are basically quotes. Uh, the first quote I have is the quote I answered. Oh, let me pull mine up. Uh, I could watch that backside all day. I think that's actually the first or the second spoken line in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. You're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong at all. Um, but uh, oh, so okay, we we kind of skipped, but this is not either of our first time watching this movie. No, I couldn't tell not. you when I saw it, but I definitely uh, maybe I. I, I might have seen it with my buddy Ben forever ago. I feel like this is something that my whole at buddy the time, Ben 
Well, I feel like this is something at the time that our parents would have rented and put on just to shut us up. You know, one of those kind of movies. Yeah, this was. Uh, yeah, like I said, I saw it first as a kid. Like I never saw like my parents didn't buy this movie for me or anything like that. My my cousin did because my cousin lived out in the country. They didn't have cable. So mm. my aunt would just always buy like movies like nonstop. They have just so they them. still have interesting. They have so many Disney movies like they were buying a movie every week. That really sounds like me and Chirito in college. I've mentioned before how we had no Internet or cable for the first like three months mm -hmm. in our apartment. So we just went through each other's movie collections. So. And then they finally got cable and it wasn't legal. <laughs> so. uh, I was like, Wait, no, not me. Movies. Corey's cousin, not me. <laughs> I yeah. paid for cable. They um, still have all those freaking movies. I saw Land Before Time out there, like a bunch of movies. Out there, out, out there in it was the out forest. The country. Like, that's where they <laughs> lived. Like We had to drive half an hour to get there. So. Mm -hmm. What a distance. Um, I used to think it was. Well, you anyway. know what my grandfather says? Get back to work. Uh, no, the insanely unsafe that's, derby. That's... Uh, the first time we watched this, I don't know why. I don't the know push how cart I, derby. The push cart derby. I was crying laughing the first time we watched this because I, I thought it was the most the people absurd. Were on top of the cart. It was the most absurd thing. And then when they're going, there's a bunch of jump cuts. One of them, the dude like is climbing out of his cart and tum like somersaults over another cart. And I was like, why did that happen? Rewind. Like he was trying to get out of it to like, I don't know, knock somebody out. And then he just rolls over the other cart racing. So I guess we should describe what the carts are if we're going to talk about them a lot. So it is. They're like, just push carts. Like there's the, there's a guy in the back. It's a cart. They you, He pushes it and then controls yeah, the steering. It looks like it. what I compared it to visually was when I was, I wasn't in Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts, but I was in something else that like got you out of the house to do and get crafty and like be a useful child i guess but um but there were the what was called truly car races and you get a block of wood and you just carve it up yeah. and put wheels on the bottom and then yep. you just it's literally there's a it's just a, a ramp and you would like I, I remember we would always go to like a mall and it would be like in a in a empty store front or something in a yep. mall somewhere but all it was is there's just a stick and you just let them rip and like what was supposed to happen was yeah. the kids, the, the 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 boys in this in this dumb thing. Um, uh, I, actually, I'll say what it's called. I'm hesitant to because it is not politically correct anymore. It was called Indian Guides. So there you go. Um, yeah. Okay. Not Native American okay. Guides. It was called Indian Guides. The 90s, everybody. Um, it's fine. But, so it was a thing for specifically dads and their sons to hang out. Uh, and so these Chuli cars, my brother and I would make them, but it would, it's literally a brick, like maybe like five inches across and mm -hmm. like two inches wide or something. And just, you know, a stick of butter, but wood. And we would, it was supposed to be the kids were supposed to carve these things and shape these things. No, it would be the parents. My, well, that's the thing. My dad did not do any wood shop or woodworking or anything. So we would have, <clears throat> we would have to like sand these dumb things down and not really ever use saws or anything that were around, or if we did, I don't know how we managed to not kill ourselves. But so what I what I'm getting at is mine would literally be like a slant in the front, a divot, and then another slant. Like it was basically, you know, and like maybe I'd stick a Lego guy in there or something if it's legal. And so, but. That's what mine would look like because the kid made it. We would get there and you'd see like the Mach 5 carved out somehow. You'd see like the Batmobile that's clearly <laughs> wider than the wheels that and like the mass that you start with. And you could like tape pennies underneath for extra weight and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is 
the childhood car that I made when I was like seven is what these push carts looked like in this movie. You know, it was, it's basically if you it's racing shopping carts is what it is, is what it really is. With Just about because cart. you have for some reason a child on the hood of the thing, like with his hands on the why. front. I didn't that... know why, but during my second viewing, I rem I found out why. It's to keep weight on the top so it doesn't yes. go flying up. That's what I figured out the second time watching as well. Because you would have that someone like laying, like literally, like they just flopped down on the front, and yeah. basically their hands were almost where headlights would be or something. It's a little, and then, it's a little, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. And then the dude in the back is standing with a steering wheel that is uh, perpendicular to the ground, so uncomfortably steering this thing somehow. Yeah, it's like trying to open like a storm vein or drain or something like that. I kind of want to. Now that I say this and describe it, I kind of want to see how the mechanics of that work because I'm thinking like the steering wheel was all the way in the back. Was it actually turning the rear? wheels or the front wheels because how would they these things with like how, how loosey-goosey they were it had to have been doing the that's, front wheels. that's what i mean like these things look like they were made in five hours and that was it you know um it's but, like these savage maker man what did you yeah. expect <laughs> well one of the uh videos we watched though um did you watch the second one that i sent yeah, you yeah they, they they actually talked gross. about these they grossly exaggerated them a little bit in the movie. So, <laughs> but the fact that they were used for like everyday it's a comedy. things, yeah. But they, but the, the the push parks were actually used like basically personally owned shopping carts. You would go to the market, get mm -hmm. your stuff, and then go back home with that um, using the push cart. So, I thought it was hilarious for some reason because I think a I was thinking of my childhood, and it's like this is so, and b this looks like. Uh, early jackass or something, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm Sanko. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, are you? I couldn't. I think I was losing my mind because it looks so stupid and it looks like something like I would try to do in college, probably. Like I, 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 I pictured like you in the background pushing yours. Yeah. Like I could see you out there doing that goofy shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that makes sense that there is a kid on the front for weight because if mm -hmm. you're standing on the back, it would probably just. Uh, yeah, you just fly. Nose it's like if you right stand on a shopping cart that has nothing in it. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, so everybody just picture a shopping cart made out of wood and too long to not fall over and throw a child on the front and an adult driving in the back. There you go. Um, a comedy soundtrack, and that's the scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's not until they get to Calgary. <laughs> right. Um, let's see here. Uh, that's Spoilers, also the introduction. That's also the introduction of Kissing the Egg for Good Luck. Right. I for some reason it is true. Yeah. My previous my past mind kept thinking there was a scene where the egg cracks and that's like symbolism that they're going to crash. But that doesn't happen for some reason. You in my head, way too credit on that one <laughs> for, in my head, unless there's another good luck egg in a movie I've watched. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's in like a cartoon or something like that. Maybe. Um but you get a sense real quick of how like small town Jamaica feels because uh, the main character Jerice, is running like doing a practice run and like all the kids of the vi of a village nearby or something are just watching him and then he just keeps running past some goats and other farm life and mm -hmm. goes into town basically. You know? Runs through the market and so, that's where we get yeah. our sexual comment from the ladies. <laughs> right. But that is now that I say that out loud though that is a good like bringing in the intro of like the character he's racing he's practicing and then he runs all the way to the stock car or what do they call it push carts you know the push cart derby yeah so I mean, that's kind of cool yeah our uh, main character is uh is a runner like i guess we should say that a sprinter 
He wants to the go sprinter, to the Olympics. Yeah. That's the that's the which is not which is taken from the true story also because one of the guys recruited yes. on the team was a sprinter. We'll get yes, more into that, but, but not, not three of them. No. Mm-mm. But I like to. There's a point in one of the interviews that we watched. It was either on the I think it was on the Today Show one where they the real people didn't because they were consulted I think for the movie and they said they just didn't want them to uh, represent uh, any of the characters as like pot smoking Jamaicans. <laughs> yeah, I have a quote from that one. What did he say in one of them? Uh, he said. Uh... But he uh, laughed right after he said it, so I was like, "He's probably high right now." So yeah, he did. Oh, shoot, I lost it now. Where did it go? Something about oh yeah, he said uh, he he was ready for them to uh, make a reference to something in there, like how they take a whiff of the vegetable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the closest they get, the yes. closest they get is when they step off, uh, step into Calgary for the first time. Yeah. And uh, Doris says, hey, Sanka, what you smoking? He goes, I'm not smoking. I'm freezing. I'm breathing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what he said? I thought he just yeah, said he says, I'm breathing freezing. when they're up in Calgary, Canada, and it's and they can see their breath. Um, it was yeah. not negative 25 during that Olympics. Well, that would have been that would have been Celsius, though. It wouldn't have been Fahrenheit. That's the thing, because everywhere else is Celsius, right? Instead of Fahrenheit, like we use. I guess they didn't put it in the movie though. It just said twenty five degrees. It just said negative twenty five degrees. Yeah. yeah. Um, Either but... way, it's a it that it's that. I think I saw something where it was like some of the things reported that day they were in like the forties or the fifties. Mm-hmm. Like it was not that cold. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't know what forty degrees Fahrenheit is to Celsius. I think that's only like two degrees or five degrees or something. Um, anyway. Uh, the one thing I do like in the beginning, I say that like I didn't like a lot of this film, but that's not true. Um, I liked all of this film. <laughs> yeah, it's a good fun time. It's it's a very I had to sort of push myself to take some notes because it was another one where you could just turn your brain off. Um, there's not a lot. There's not a whole lot there to like any controversy or like a mate. Like it's it's a solid movie. It's nothing yeah. like. There's not like a scene like we were watching. What was the one we watched with Nick? The memories of memoirs memories of, murder. of murder. Yeah. You're just like, oh, all the symbolism and all this other stuff. No, that's yeah. not what this is. Well, there's only because it's a Disney movie. Is there, quote, a villain? And that's a guy on the Olympics committee. But there's not really a face of evil, per se. Well, the you face know. of evil is prejudiced. So. <laughs> yeah, but I but masked so. it's masked with being like they don't know nothing about bobsled and they shouldn't be here it's mm-hmm. not like oh like you know they're african Amer- or not african-american but they're jamaican and they're black yeah. like they shouldn't be here yeah this is the disney they, they talk racism. about that though yeah i they do uh there's a when they first get there like they're being judged pretty hardcore mm-hmm. and junior says it feels like everybody just doesn't want us to be here and i think yule goes they're afraid of what's different and we're different and I was like, that's that's a good way. That's a good line about it. Yeah. And but he also says, uh, what does he say here? Um, oh, Joseph. Yeah. Joseph Gruel, one of the Russians is making fun of mm. Russians, I think, is making fun mm. of them. I can't remember. And uh, I do have a note here. Russians and their mullets. So that's fun. Um, that's literally what I wrote. Uh, but Russian no, Yosef Gruel on the, on the sidelines is saying some stuff. Uh, if this was made today, he'd probably say a lot worse things, but, oh um, yeah, if this was like a, if this was a PG 13 or an right. R yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, and then, um, someone says, who's that? And John Candy says one of the best drivers in the world. 
to which uh what's his name you just said it sorry you'll you'll bring he says uh john candy says one of the best drivers in the world and yule says one of the biggest assholes too i'm like they ass in a disney movie oh they uh <laughs> they get away with a couple more later uh they yeah. say badass mother and you're just like oh it's every time they said it though i just saw master shake saying it <laughs> oh jeez. Badass, badass mother. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, badass mother, two thousand, twice as fast as your ass. <laughs> yeah, but I liked I liked that he swore too because it's like yeah he would not just be he would just he would not just say he's one mean jerk. You know? Well, it's like after they qualify, they wouldn't be drinking uh, Coca Colas. They'd be drinking red. Yeah, stripes. that's <laughs> the confusing thing. It's like when they're in Jamaica. Any bar scene, everybody has a red stripe. Whoever, you know, the kids that mm-hmm. were on the stock cars, everybody. No, I'm kidding. Um, but they... <laughs> but that's what reminded me, because it was like, and we mentioned earlier, I, I, it's so doofus of me, but the reason I ever had a red stripe was the goofy commercials I saw in college. And they you made ch- me... They made me laugh, and I made Corey watch them before. We you recorded. just sh- we could, we we wanted to show it, but we can't like show a live reaction of it because it's I don't know it's they a beer some, commercial. some people do it. Yeah, I don't but know how, we don't know how YouTube funny. works anymore. So when these videos come out, we don't know what just we're going to get. Look up Red Stripe commercials. Uh, Type in Red Stripe beer. Hooray Beer. Hooray Beer, and you'll find it. And those made me laugh. Ooh, and creepy so, foot doctor. Yeah, I really, I didn't. Well, the, the thing is, I want to preface this with is I really did not drink much in college. And that got me to buy a beer, like actually seek oh, out a I brand. Did. And so. <laughs> Something got your laugh, so you bought the beer. Yeah, that's why I like. Yeah, uh, but um, no, but I hadn't had them in forever. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a red stripe and because uh, it makes sense to have that during this. But it's Does like it hold everywhere in Jamaica. It's OK. It's nothing special. But um, okay. I also remember feeling like hoity toity because I'm like, oh, this is an import beer in college, you know, broke college kid thinking, you know, high class shit. Well, I mean, it's better than a Natty Light, I guess, or a Milwaukee yeah. Best, or a Rolling yeah. Rock. Beast, or whatever else you want to throw out there. Oh, yeah. God, Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you drank Bush, you were fucking trailer trash, because my, my aunt was. All right. <laughs> She'll be on next episode. So... No, she will not. <laughs> <laughs> um, But there, yeah, so we, that that's why it was hilarious to me. Like, we see all this beer when they're in Jamaica, and then they get to America... And it's like Coca Colas and Toast to whoever. It's like you guys the were Olympics. just. They can't. What? They can yep. drink at the. Yeah, they. That's can. right. No one drinks or does any other type of. Well, thing. not at this next Olympics. Not at this no. next one. They can't. So. Yeah. Oof. Different times, people. Different times. I get. Yeah. Now that you say that, though, that would. Because if kids are watching this, yeah, have a Coca Cola at the Olympics, not a beer. Don't tell the. Don't tell the children that the athletes drink. And the red stripes didn't. You couldn't see the label. They just looked like red stripes. I don't think. The no, red you stripes... saw it. It said red stripe on a couple of them. Oh, did it really? Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, this was also still the semi wild west of of um, marketing 93. crap. Yeah. Because like in our first Product episode placement. ever, we talked about the wizard. How you can just throw a case of Pepsi in there. Just you have to just ask for them to ship you a Pepsi. Right at Wayne's World, he's like, I will have this nice refreshing Pepsi. Right. It mm-hmm. just goes like full fucking. <laughs> Yeah, I could watch that. Um, but insert uh, clip here. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. We don't need to go through the whole thing because the basic story, as we're forty-five minutes into this episode, is uh, 
dude you wants said to... we wouldn't have enough to talk about <laughs> i wasn't sure because it was another just kind of a good time romp that Bullshit i zoned out is in the name of my game sir <laughs> it sure is um so the story is just simply dude wants to be in the olympics as a sprinter gets tripped up at the qualifications in his country in jamaica uh and the dude that trips him and another dude that gets tripped they are three of the four people along with sanka his best friend which uh and then they find a way to Sanka's um, the closest to the weed smoker that you're going to get in this movie one thousand percent but i did enjoy that scene where um darice is trying to convince sanka to trying to explain what a bobsled is yeah. and then convince him to join the team and he like does his big strong pitch as a, like trying to sell this thing and he goes you're gonna do it to sanka and sanka goes no <laughs> that no. made me most of sanka's <laughs> uh, lines made me laugh out loud honestly because it was like Dougie just not cringy corny but it was just corny enough you know um get back yeah, to but, work <laughs> yeah that was pretty good but he does he goes but sanka does say um, I should have written down the whole thing, but he says something like, all you have to say is, Sanka, you are my best friend. We've been through yeah. a whole heap together, and I really, really need you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Just buddies. Um, yeah. And then he eventually says yes and everything. So um, that's the, and they get, then he's in the professor, or what was this guy? The the, the guy with all gray hair, which did not like even a... look real, by the way. <laughs> he, I think he was like in a government official that worked for Jamaica and represented or maybe he was like a correspondent for people like a liaison to the Olympics or something like that. I don't I know. They, he, he had a plaque on his desk and they probably said it a bunch of times, but he has a, a bunch, bunch of pictures, pictures of a, in his yeah. office. And one of them is Doris's dad standing next to some dude with a medal. They both have medals on and totally the, not Photoshopped. It looked the, uh, really yeah, Photoshopped. The, I'm just going to call him the mayor. Cause I didn't write his name down anywhere. Um, the or the official the government you're going dude. scene by scene of the movie now <laughs> well because i'm just describing i'm explaining the story so we can just hop it up the yeah place. that's um, true yeah but john candy is the dude in the photo with Teresa's irving dad. blitzer irving blitzer sounds like such a, a good name sports newscaster <laughs> um perfect oh that's wait a, listen isn't there wasn't there is a guy wolf isn't there a wolf blitzer wolf. there's a Who's wolf that? blitzer that's a news news correspondent All i right. believe there you go. Yeah, or Irving Blitzer is definitely like a WWE person or something. Um, oh, it's Irving Blitzer! And and you were right when you sent me the message of like, this is a loose connection for John Caddy's character to find a reason to yeah. be. Like the only yeah. white dude in Jamaica is still a bookie hanging out at a bar Fat all the white time. One. Like, yeah. no offense to John Candy, but he's a larger man. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like you would he would have sweat off a lot of that at this point. I don't know. I mean, those scenes in Jamaica, he looks pretty. He looks pretty gross. Like he's, he's glistening. Grim. Yep. <laughs> he's grimy, grimy bookkeeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's hard that would, I couldn't believe him as a jerk. It's just hard. Like him and Tom Hanks, I can he's never see as jerks jerk, huh? in movies. Realistically. Yeah. Like that new movie, A Man Named Otto. I'm, I can't you can't tell me that Tom Hanks is a jerk. I can't watch that and believe it. I think Tom you know? Hanks is in that Elvis movie. He plays like the corrupt manager. He's or whatever, the, yep. So. Right, right, right. Still, he's just lovable as with old man makeup. <laughs> right. But so like he was his coach. He was his dad's coach. And he talks him into coaching a bob, forming and coaching a bobsled. No, he wasn't Doris. even that. He was just like an admirer of Doris's dad. Like oh. he would just I, I think he just happened to be. I think this was after he got like he got caught for cheating so he just came down to jamaica and was like i'm just gonna live down here and it was like in, in the early years 
But he, the the mayor, professor, government guy, said that he tried to talk Doris's dad into being a bobsled. He, he told him he he brought up the idea that sprinters would make good bobsled runners. Yeah, but it never like went that. any farther than that. So okay, and then they form a fun team and they try to work hard and they get to the Olympics. That's the story. I love that little video that they try to show everybody to recruit them. It's. 100% you what you wouldn't show anybody. It's just I love at the end it goes bobsled kills somebody or something like that. It yeah. looked like it was to be from Futurama. <laughs> I want I I'm willing to bet there's a scene of John Candy saying to Dermis Dermis saying, "Where the hell did you get this film?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, no, at one point John Candy got really into it. You can tell like he's like you're zipping, you're zagging, mm-hmm. and then you're just going there's nothing better than it. Like he's excited to be reminded why he enjoyed bobsled and then he's like oh yeah. yep oh that one oh that's gonna yep your bones yep. don't break in a bobsled they shatter, they shatter. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was pretty good um pretty good yeah so let's see here oh and uh, yeah, again it. just with writing down quotes when in that meeting john candy starts by saying gentlemen a bobsled is a simple thing and someone yells yeah so is a toilet <laughs> Yeah, that 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 guy that got me. And then I don't know why it's I mean, it's a it's a pretty easy comedy shot. He's like, all right, who who wants who wants to join? And then the room's just empty. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They turn the lights back on after the after the slideshow type thing. Um, But how about when uh, uh, Yul Brenner comes in? uh, He says he'll join because he wants to get out of Jamaica. And then Sanka saying something and giving him crap. And I don't remember what Yul Brenner says. He said, oh, he says, how would I kick your butt? And then Sanka says, how would I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? That got me, too. I don't know. These <laughs> dumb, simple jokes were really it's pretty funny. Good. It's, it's the timing. It's, a little, yeah. it's, it's timing the comeback. It's like just a, wordy enough. Because A, Sanka's an idiot. So, of course, he's talking back to the biggest dude in the room. I don't but think he's B, an idiot, though. I think he's just fucking goofy. He's smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's I maybe that's what I like so much about this film is some live action stuff from the nineties you go back and you just like can't sit through because it's like overactive. Like, yeah. yeah. But this is just below that with this like one holds up. one liners and comebacks and stuff. Um so yeah. But uh it's what a it's what a it's what a twelve year well, I don't know, it's what a young kid would say, like as a comeback. So <laughs> Yeah, that too. It's a it's a child childish reply it's not an adult that's not something an adult would say to like in, it's not even the first like and then bar. later in the movie he's re- he's like i'm gonna catch up on my reading and it's just like hulk uh comic <laughs> yeah uh incredible hulk comic yeah while he's using a fucking hot plate in a hotel room for his bananas it like, was 87 that hadn't been set true. up yet right 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 that it was the 80s they were at the not... relax in i don't even know if those exist anymore <laughs> i had never heard of it until this so maybe it's a canadian thing maybe i don't know like brown sauce yeah um do 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 i'm just looking at my but notes no. now because they're mostly quotes well i got there was one let me go through the other ones i said so i think it was there was i said they the used the same angle good. bar fight was oh good. yeah before we get away from that when Doris is trying to sell get a sponsor because we did look this up when we were watching oh, yeah. the movie <laughs> We looked this up because uh, Rachel and I were wondering, like, how do you like, do you have to pay to enter the Olympics? Do you get paid when you're in the Olympics? Like what happens? You don't pay to enter. You get sponsors that will pay your way into the Olympics. Um, and so uh, that's what so they were trying to do is raise why they money. would get the 20 grand. OK, yeah. And so like he was trying to go 
to all these businesses in Jamaica and go ahead with what you were going to say about them. Oh, uh, the fun fact was uh, it was just the same. Like, wasn't it just the same desk with different decorations? <laughs> like, it was the same background the same, and same everything. Same room, yeah, with different plants behind them. That's like, what I was going to say was uh, I'm trying to remember the start montage. I think start montage. It says I, I my comment to you was they just used the same shot, but from a different angle in this start montage. Uh, maybe you meant to type starting. Or... Oh, no, it's when they were first trying to do the bobsled in Jamaica when they were like, all right, let's do the push start. And it was just like, they were like, ah, oh, they show this one scene. And then like the very next scene was the same scene just from a different angle. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? They just used it oh, twice in the, in the grass same row. when they're practicing. Yeah. Like before okay. they like jump into it and all that stuff. So that's yeah. what I was going to say. I do like the part when John Candy just shoves a cop out of the way. <laughs> Look, well, they're, they're, the cops are like, what is this? We've never seen a bobsled. Yeah. And this yeah. really isn't a bobsled. He's like, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, they were more dumbfounded than annoyed that the makeshift well, the bobsled funny thing is, ran into a cop car. The funny thing is they get it because he's like 5'9". We did it in 5'9", five, 5'9". Nine, five, nine. Well, when they do their qualifying run, they don't get in the... Theirs is a 6.18. They yeah. did better in their training than they did on the actual qualifying run. There's some I kept, plot holes. I keep track of a lot of these numbers. There's there's some plot holes. There usually are plot holes in sports movies if you know, like, the, the sport involved, basically. Especially what? It's true. It's it's Disney. It's Disney. Com it's like Mighty Ducks. Like, I'm surprised yeah. we haven't watched that yet and talked about it. Yeah, that was recommended while the credits were running uh, when we watched this on Disney Plus. You can do you. I would watch the first three. I remember watching those first three and enjoying all three of them. And then there was a cartoon with actual ducks. They were like superheroes. They were space ducks and they were oh, great. Of course they were. Here right. come the no, wait, that's not the song. That's the Men, Men in Black, Black song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very different. Not at all. What multiverse are you talking about? No. Now I got to look up. I got to insert the Mighty Ducks. Six seconds of the Mighty Ducks theme right now. Go. <laughs> I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I did it. I already did it. Do, do, it's do, already do in. Do you have it? Ducks. That's uh, guts. So Double dare. I wrote down how Yul Brenner keeps saying blood fire. I didn't really know what that meant, but he just liked to say it doesn't matter it's fucking cool as shit so maybe he's a big fan of uh guitar wolf and that was one of their songs blood fire that or maybe it's just something cool and obscene to say because he couldn't say bullshit so. uh i enjoyed the montage of them training um because that when, bridge looked like it when was they not got gonna serious last. yeah that bridge yeah. was a little bit scary uh just with four grown men running across it's like uh teetering not teetering but bouncing uh um it I love me, that they I, never. They, I love that that John Candy never gets the only f most physical he ever gets is when he pushes them off on the start on that one. That's otherwise right. it's just John Candy standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when he was lifting Sanka to do um, pull ups. He did a little bit of a running downhill, but you were just like, "Oh, be careful." <laughs> yeah. Um, I it did make me smile. Like it was a feel good smile when they're running across the bridge at one point, and John Candy's got a bunch of snowballs ready, but yeah. each one of them pelts him with one. I was like, "Ha ha, camaraderie!" And yeah, that was it. Well, but he just stood there and took it. Like he didn't even like after the first one. I would like dodge to the side. He was just like bop, bop, bop. Yeah. Bop. <laughs> it, well, it was more of a "Are you serious?" One, two, three kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's feel good. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. Makes kids feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I meant to write it down, but his psalm that he said to them uh, that was um, the Lord's Prayer, but for bobsledders, basically. And I mm -hmm. look it up, people. I don't know. Or Corey can put it this... in right here. 
Yeah, um, there's the clip. I got confused on how they had they were in two different hotel rooms throughout their time in the Olympics. Did you notice well, that? Well, during the qualifying time. Is that in a different city or something? I I didn't understand that. Do you well, know what I mean, though? So when they went to Canada, they you go to Canada to qualify for the Olympics that are also there. Because there was one point where they were trying to get them disqualified because they hadn't done an international race. And John Candy's character goes, well, the qualifier counts as an international race. And then if you qualify, you go to the Olympics. So that's yeah, why that's they were just... in two Okay. They had I mean, two that, different hotels. I, I thought that was the reason, but I didn't understand why there was a need for hotel change unless it's just very far away. I don't know. They made it, it was like they made it to the second round and then they made it to the finals. Yeah. Is basically how it was. Um, I wrote down a line because it sounded like something a little bit different. Um, when okay. uh, Doris kept watching the Swedes as they were running yes. off and doing their bobsled thing and everything and like their teamwork um but and so when they kind of had a when when the cool runnings team kind of has a falling apart almost um <clears throat> he keeps saying how the swedes do this and the swedes do that and uh sanko is like they also make little pocket knives too you don't see us doing that or something like that i really yeah. thought if he says it quick enough that it sounds like he says they also make their little fucking knives too but you don't see us doing that <laughs> That would be that would that's in the R version. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, but I also yeah. wanted to say, speaking of the Swiss team, uh, there's a part. So uh, there, there's a montage or a shot of them doing their run, and there's a part where it comes the bobsled comes around the, the hill or around the curve, and it's just 100% Star Wars Tie Fighter sound effect. Like, oh, that actually <laughs> is a true thing. It is that. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> I was, was like, in the. That's in the factoids, I think. Yeah. Well, there that's all go. I have for my notes. That's all it. right, great. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I the... took another note later when I watched it the second time today. Uh, oh, so, okay, so going back to when they go to the actual Olympics. I didn't mm -hmm. notice it during my first watching, but during the second watching, it, this is the time where they all have their uniform, basically uniform, like, jacket. They all dress the same. So they look oh, like a yes, team. Right. They're being presented. And Tom, John Candy is wearing it as well. But he's got this bright white cowboy hat on. And oh, I, he just looks like Doug Dimmodome. It's <laughs> so, bad. Yeah, it looks like he rolled I, I, out of Dukes of Hazzard You almost miss it. You almost miss it because it's all on the white background and everything. That's true. He's not really wearing it in closer shots, I guess. I didn't even think about he's that. He's not like taking it off and waving it at anybody. I'm like, he's, yeah, he's connected. He like, only look. has it when they're entering and you never see it. again. That's it. You never That's see weird. it again. He's never wearing a hat. Well, he's wearing a hat a couple times. He gets the they give him the what is it? The yep. Rasta beret. Yeah. And I was and just he, like, well, it's sure. not a beret, but he wears it like a beret. Uh, it's not yeah. a beret. Um, the uh, the bar scene I was going to mention before we go on any factoids or anything, because uh, I think it was great. It was it was actual character development was the only reason that bar scene happened where they're going to like the most West. They they play both country and Western at this bar. Um, yeah, because for some it was reason like it was in Texas. Yeah, I did not understand. Like we got the most American bar in Canada. You want to feel like you're at home with the, the people that we are the hat for. But the um, there's square dancing going on. Sanka's all about that, so he's hanging sure. out. Uh, well, he's I think he's more about the lady a little bit too. So. Yeah, a little bit, of, a little bit of the ladies, a little bit of the dancing. Um, and so that, but then uh, Yul Brenner. Well, this isn't and, here, by the way. 
right, Doris is not there. Um, he's back at the hotel just being a good leader and not doing anything uh, well, yes, rowdy. He's the first to leave, last, or he's the first to show up. First show first up, last to leave. leave. <laughs> first to leave, last to <laughs> show up. <laughs> yep, like a true leader. Um, so he's not at the bar, but Junior, who we didn't really specify who's who in this team at all, because there's Sanka, we mentioned a bunch. We did a Darice little bit, is yeah. the leader. Junior is the kind of preppy boy, rich boy, that uh, his dad... Um, he sold Does his everything. fancy yeah. car. Yeah, his dad basically got him through life by paying for everything. Um, and then... Uh, and doing, like, like laying everything out for him and not letting him have his right. own decisions and all that stuff. So. Yeah, but at the bar, I want to mention this because I appreciated uh, the cinematography of this. Um, they... Uh, is it the Swedes or is it the Russians? It's just some douche... Just some and white douche it's, it's is the emphasis, the Swede basically. Team. It's not a, the Russians, I don't but think. Some, Let me see if I can find it, yeah. Basically a foreign white dude, but not an American. Um, yeah, is that's what safe I'm to say. Emphasizing, because that's what the movie wanted to emphasize. Um, so they give Junior some shit, and he doesn't say anything back. He's kind of just like a yes, sir, sorry, sir kind of deal. And so oh, yeah. Yule takes him to the bathroom like uh, which is hilarious. I, their relationship is pretty entertaining. I could kind of watch just a side well, story. Well, develops. Of them. Yeah, because he's like the jock douchebag, and Junior's, Junior's just, also the one that tripped them. Right, and but he's 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 like he was gonna. It's not. No one's not athletic or unfit in this. So they're both. They're still built, but like yeah. Uh, uh, Yule is the big dude. He's the buff. He's the buff, bald bro, basically. He's, and, he's the um, brute. He's the Raphael. Yes, he's the muscle out of this team. But like, uh, but they're in the bathroom, and like he's telling Junior to the mirror to look at himself and tell himself like rise above it or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I forget. So the, you see, I see pride. I see power. I see one badass oh, mother that yes. don't take no crap off of nobody. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I thought that it, it was a. It's a little corny there, but it is foreshadowing for another moment so it makes sense it's the same it's the same when junior lifts him up like when they're in the hotel yes. room and he's yeah, like yeah, i, yeah. I want to get off of the island because i want to live here it started and with that Son yeah sanka's like that's buckingham palace you can't live there unless you're the which queen. it's important <laughs> like no other character could have said that and it have meant as much because he's so proud that he wants to live in this castle but Sanka, who up until this point is like kind of the goofball dummy of the yeah. group, he, he tells he's him like, dumb. "Dude, that's where the Queen of England lives, you fucking idiot." And Yule's kind of <laughs> dumb, like he's yeah. a dumb brute a little bit. So. But that staples it. But then Junior's like, if he wants to live in the palace, he can live in the palace. It's good that he has yeah. goals. If he, were, and, if, he you know. if he works hard enough, he'll get his palace. Right. So and uh, so they be so he's trying to lift him up now, and then he then Junior goes back out and starts a fucking fight. And which is just the fights, whatever. But Sanka's reaction is probably my favorite part of this movie. You mean because... the stunt man? It wasn't Sanka. It wasn't Dougie Doug. No, but I don't care. But that character, the character of Sanka is like, he's a he's a best friend that's going to take a bullet oh, yeah. for you. Because he's he just sees that a fight broke out. He sees his buddies are involved. He's like, excuse yeah. me, miss. And no just question. jumps off of something and like fucking swanton bomb into the crew yeah. of idiots. That's fucking, that is that ride or die. That is yeah. a ride or die homie is what that is right there. But that's when he, yeah, he says, excuse me, Missy, and finds the trampoline and just yells, yippee ki -yay, and then goes into the bottom of it. So that was, they, yeah, they use my a, There's part. a lot of ADR in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot mm -hmm. of it is Sanka. Like, 
just right, to put right, more right. of the comedy in there. Um, yeah, that's that's a good part. But so to start wrapping it up a little bit in terms of talking about the movie, um, everybody remembers this movie, and I think everybody remembers this movie because they do not win. Yes, I remember it being a feel good movie where they lost. Right. It was like I was like, whoa, this is like Rocky, and, and like- that was like not just a big deal because it was a movie, but I feel like a big deal because it's a Disney movie where it's like, Oh crap, not everything works out. Quote unquote. And again, there was no one that loosened the bolt. There wasn't an an antagonist. It's just, it happened. Right, 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 right. So, and you're just like, Oh, cause they make, they, yeah, they could have gone an extra step and been like, he, he, he little wormy guy comes in and loosens the, they foreshadowed, they foreshadowed a couple times when they first got that bobsled. They're just like, this is the thing. This is the, the bobsled that's going to take us to the, to the champions and win us Mm -hmm. a gold medal. And like, Oh, she's, she's old, but she'll get us there. And I'm just like, this thing's fucking breaking down. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. But well, that so, ending, like that footage, that actual footage is it's it's pretty fucked up because you see their heads like go up against the wall and turn like get stuck in like a 90 degree like grinding against the ice. I'm like, oh, my God, their heads could just snap off in any. So, second. yes. And going into the factoids a little bit, aside from the close up shots of that, that is all real footage from the eight, 1988. That's good Olympics. footage. Yeah. Of when the, the bobsled team, the actual real life bobsled team in Jamaica was at the Olympics. Every time they're on the track, that's real footage from the Olympics of that year. Like even in the in those, bar from the Jamaican yep. bar and stuff. So I thought that was very, very cool. Um, there's there's surprisingly a lot of footage of that, probably because it was such a big deal for the time. Um, well, it was only five years earlier. Like they had all that footage fresh and ready true. to go too. Yeah. It happened in 88. So that's uh, cool. I like in one of the additional interviews, they were showing the, uh, they were showing the footage from 1988 and they, they they didn't lift up their bobsleds and carry it across the finish line, but that. <laughs> they slid it. But they still they still got up and walked they, to the finish yes. line to say that we finished. They still technically finished the race in real life, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, and so, and uh, I think it was even Rachel. She was like, "There's no way they picked that thing up." I'm like, "No, but it's no. a movie." Um, You'll look like he was pissed the whole time that he had to fucking pick that thing. He was like, "Ah, yeah." Ah, ah, like, <laughs> um, and uh, what now that I think about it, Junior's like almost half a foot shorter than any of them, so they should have yeah, shown like a he... corner going back. Yeah, um, but no. And I looked. Uh, it I up, mean, Sanko's not that tall either. No, I should have wrote it down because those things are not light. And then with four grown men in it, it's not. It's obviously heavy. Yeah. but I had it down. And I definitely, it. it's somewhere else now. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. definitely one of the reasons why I remember it. Like, right. That's why everybody, I think, remembers it more than most early live action Disney movies, uh, because they don't win because it does. It it bucks the system, so to speak. We say it's loosely based on real life events. It is. But it like a lot of the real people even confirmed that, like, they did cheer for us when we started walking across. So, like, I think it's just a heightened dramatic dramatization of what actually happened. Sure. Um, the thing too, and, uh, so yeah, that's the movie. We'll get into the factoids here now. Cause that's, that's pretty much it. Um, but there's a couple interviews because they hit the 30th anniversary 
in uh, 2018 when um, at that time there there's been a Jamaican bobsleigh team since then. Uh, uh -huh. but multiple in, in 2018. There was actually for the first time a women's Jamaican bobsled team in the Olympics, which was pretty cool. Coached by one of the original members of the 1988 yes. team. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think it was Dudley. Uh, Devin Harris is the founder of the team. And what it is, though, with the team itself, it wasn't a sprinter that had high hopes for the Olympics. It was, um, I forget which it wasn't armed movie forces. Up. What armed forces was he in? Uh, he was the Jamaican arm, uh, Jamaican defense force. Okay. And basically his captain or his, the lieutenant or something, or fuck. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. His commanding officer. <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you. I'm sorry. I don't know the title, the, the levels and titles in armed forces. Chris will kind. murder you. So <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, my brother's a Marine. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, um, so basically like, yeah, his commanding officer told him, Hey, you're going to be in this bobsled team. And he's like, I don't know what a bobsled is, but you're telling me what to do. I got to follow orders. And sure that happened. Um, well, it was, he was more like, you should do this. And then he was like, all right, I'll try it. Right. I, I should have wrote down all their names, but, uh, Devin Harris or Devon Harris. I, I'm so bad with two, names. Two uh, of Chris, them were brothers. Okay. Well, first they entered the two man the, in the bobsled Olympics in the bobsled Olympics in the <laughs> Olympic in, Bobsledding uh, is what they call it. Olympicking. Um, there's it the two-person race and the four-person race. Uh, the two-person was what uh, Devin Harris did first, and then they found out, oh, there's a four-person? We could all get medals. And they convinced yeah. one of the Jamaican sprinters who was there. They already had a third man. I forget how. Um, but uh they mentioned this in both the interviews because they're like this is what happened which is even crazier than how the movie portrays it um mm -hmm. they convinced a dude in the olympics three days before the four-man race to join their team to qualify and everything which is fucking nuts um, all we need you to do is run and yeah. get in the tube <laughs> which i mean it is believable though because if you hype them up there's already the energy there because you're at the olympics and everything they also didn't know a whole lot so they taught them really quick Right. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, bobsledding's easy, everybody. That's what we're telling you. They're learning in three days. 100 percent. Everybody can do it. It's fine. The mm -hmm. more people you get, the easier it is to do. So. Exactly. 100 percent. 16 man um, bobsled. There you go. Human but, bobsled. Uh, the um, what was funny during the movie? Uh, uh, to, we'll, we'll go through some factoids here, but another one. They were not like shunned in real life like they were. At the no, movie. they were welcomed they were, with opening arms. Like yeah, it, and then even more so in between the time of the two-person race and the four-person race, that there were people wearing shirts and stuff like that. And um, what's funny is uh, Rachel was like, "How'd they get shirts made that quick?" I was like, "Honey, I'm sure they would have in real life, but you know those shirts didn't make it through like maybe one wash." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! People and were they getting were probably them made $50 at the Olympics. Back in 90s. Yeah, back yeah. So people got to represent though. That's what it's all about. People were ironing logos on the shirts in their hotel rooms and stuff. You know. Oh so, yeah. Um, What's to that? I this, would believe this says Jamoka. Like <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> it's just bootleg, <laughs> bootleg mm -hmm. shirts. <laughs> uh, the okay, so yeah, so we'll get into some more of the um uh the the thing here. Some of these factoids uh, that Rachel herself got for us. <laughs> I mean, she just hopped on IMDb, but don't uh, try to undersell her helping. I'm just they just take everything with a grain of salt always. Um, okay. 
No, you shouldn't do that. We already went through that one. Uh, we talked about oh, the goof. The guy who, Dougie Doug, who plays Anka Coffee, he still has the lucky eggs from the movie. They're made of rubber, but he has them. You can tell the very only last give scene that he looks at one. You can see like the seal on the side of one. Like yeah, he'd been using it for a little. Yeah, it's right. It's 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 pretty bad. Mm -hmm. I want to um, I want to say you can say this next couple ones, but I want to talk about the cold buttocks. <laughs> well, that was going to be the next one because we already mentioned the other ones. OK, well, known as cold buttocks in Norway. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's what the movies. That's stupid. I don't mm -hmm. believe that. I think that's fake. <laughs> Well, in France, it was known as Rasta Rocket, so there you go. That's not as funny. It's more dumb. So. Uh, but if you notice, one of the um, one oh, of the uh, sleds, the sleds, one of the push carts is actually called Rasta Rocket. Like, some of them have names oh, on, on the hoods. Uh, okay. Yeah, but like we mentioned here the crash scene at the end of the movie, except for the close-up shots, was real yep. footage of the actual Jamaican bobsled crash taken from the 88 Olympics. Um, there is a oh, that you mentioned when we got through that. Yeah, we yep. talked about the goof. We talked about uh, we talked about the Jamaican bobsled team being uh, welcome to open arms. And also, in the sport of bobsledding, adding weight to the sled is perfectly legal. Right. That was a plot point that John Candy quit and lost his, or quit, cheated and lost the medals that he earned because he um, put weights he put in, weights in the front of the, the bobsled. Sled itself. But yeah, it says here that it's... Uh, yeah, it goes on here. The weight of the sleds calculated as the total weight of the sled and its crew. And if fully yep. loaded sled weighs less than the minimum, because there is one, this is the Olympics. They're not going to just say, ah, whatever, you're good enough. Um, it's perfectly legal to add weight. So, But they had to have some sort of conflict in the story. I mean, so. in, in the film's defense, or I guess in the film's defense, the Irving Blitzer actually didn't exist. So they got to have him like have some kind of like... I guess controversy within the movie and stuff like that because they're just like people well, are like oh coach. you would have known about a coach from the Olympic like like if he actually existed we would all oh, oh. oh Irving Blitzer yeah he that guy's a jackass or something like that yeah no they did have a coach uh, though that they did mention in one of the interviews I didn't get his name though uh, my bad um, aftermath of the movie success though January eighteenth twenty fourteen the Jamaican bobsled team qualified for the two man bobsled at the 2014 Olympics in uh, Sochi, Russia. Uh, and then they've described themselves as Cool Runnings, the second generation. In light of the team's qualifications in 2014, Dudley Stokes, one of the original yep. 1988 team, and now General Secretary of the Jamaica Bobsled Federation. Um, there's a quote here. I don't think the support... Wait, what? I don't think the support for the team, like we've seen in the last three days, would have been sustainable without the ongoing appeal of the movie. So there you go. So that's pretty cool. There you go. Uh, I was also going to say, too, that uh, in the movie, we were talking about how the sled, like, it was a mechanical failure. In the actual, in actual real life, uh, they just had built up too much speed, and the oh, right. the driver lost control. Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, when you can see when yeah, that real footage like starts, he almost popped up out of the bowl. It was, some, it was like 70 or 80 miles an hour they were going, so it's fucking nuts. Um... But yeah, that's still that's it's pretty great. scary, though, because you're just speeding down there in a bathtub, basically. Um, Wait, hold on a second. This last one says the team received funding from many sources, including one donation. Can OK. What is it? Including one donation campaign held by the online community for the cryptocurrency Dogecoin. Yep. So is that for 
That was probably in 2018 or something. Maybe I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I guess. I guess. I mean, you can you can look it up better than I can because the internet will walk out your connection. I don't care. Mine. I don't um, care anymore. We're fine. I'm done. Mm-hmm, this movie's great. Mm-hmm. How many lucky eggs out of five you giving it? Out of five. Yeah, oh, I wanted to make five. the I, I wanted to make the balls joke and say two, but that means I don't like the movie. So <laughs> the balls joke? Yeah. You never heard of your balls referred to as your huevos or your eggs? Oh, uh, okay. In the chef movie, and that's it. So <laughs> No, that's uh, whatever. <laughs> uh no, this is uh, I mean it's it's probably a, it's a four for me. Like it's a pretty yes, good movie. I will give it a four. I, I liked it more than well, I don't know if I liked it more than Rocketeer, but I like it. Yeah, you only gave Rocketeer like three and a half, didn't you? I gave it a strong 3.75 or something. Uh, you're supposed I, to be keeping track I, of these so that we go I think, did the, I give it a four? I can't remember if I gave it a four Christ. or not. <laughs> I thought you were keeping track of the scores as you re-review things. No, go, I already review the newer ones. Right, this one's I'm, not going to get re-reviewed for six months. <laughs> God damn, I'm putting it at the top here now. We're starting this note. <laughs> we're adding our ratings at the top. Corey gives it a four out of five. Scott, oh fuck! Okay. It did an auto correct of fractions. There we go. Oh no! Scotty also gives it a four out of five. Put so eggs. Go watch what? Put eggs. Four out, of, four out of five eggs. Lucky eggs. Because you want to keep track of this because we've done it almost every episode. Son of a bitch! Yeah, somebody's gonna have to. Uh, a lot of the on. early ones we didn't know. So uh, yeah, we just said watch it or don't. Um, but I mean, we're coming up where this is episode 39. So we're coming up to 50 pretty soon where we do another ranking of cinema. We're going to have to. Oh, God, I forgot about that shit. What do you mean? That's going to take like six months. <laughs> what is going to take six months to get to episode 50? Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> well, like with your months. help, with your help, listeners, we could get there sooner uh, somehow. Um, you see how ugly I am with your help. I can still be ugly, but with money. So. <laughs> I don't uh, know what that's from. Uh, it up. <laughs> we gave we both gave it four out of five lucky eggs. So yes, maybe check it out. Um, we are. Did you have anything else to say about the movie? Nah, you should watch it. Word. Uh, yeah. Cool I'm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm worried. I'm not worried, but I'm interesting. Interested on how this next episode's gonna go. <laughs> Yes, excellent transition. The best story you point them out as well. So the new <laughs> Mario Brothers movie will be out by the time our next episode releases. We already talked about the 1993 movie, which we also said it has held up and people should watch. And I mean, I'm uh, going to go see the new one just because of Jack Black. <laughs> I don't know. I will eventually see it, but the you casting... You watched the Sonic one, you watched the Mario one too. Dude, the casting was literally Miyamoto and people being like, who is good in Hollywood and popular right now? Get them. We don't know what they do. Okay, it doesn't matter. The movie still exists. The third trailer makes it look really good. We'll don't try to get all about your fucking high horse about we'll that. We'll discuss this you outside can, you of this report. Schwartz is an indie, is an indie actor? I did not say that. I did not say that. You're putting words in my mouth now. Ah, uh, because that Mario movie is coming out, we're going to watch the first three episodes of the Super Mario Super Show, um, which is on if you have the Roku app on certain things that has like TV channels and crap, you can watch it through there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's like on DVD. It's on YouTube and shit like that. As I'm well, not going to so. tell anyone to buy anything when they listen to us. Uh, 
But anyway, we tell people to buy shit from Shop Factory and Vinegar Syndrome all the time. <laughs> Still don't have a sponsorship, though. I mean, Nintendo's not going to sponsor us, but <laughs> Shop Factory might. Um, Maybe. That in mind, if you're getting a little bit of static, don't touch that dial because you are right where you need to be. The static zone. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhythm. Get on up. Bob, sled. Make your head look like a butt. You sagging? Oh. <laughs> Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. <laughs> no, no. They shatter. So, who wants in? We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. <laughs> but they chose a sport. <laughs> They knew nothing about. Great. Very good. In a climate they had never been. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. This is the true story of four unlikely athletes. How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Who weren't prepared for what they were about to face. It's a beautiful afternoon in Calgary. And there is a lot more coming up. Is this whole thing a big joke? I can't get my helmet on. Oh, thanks, coach. Why don't you put some training wheels on that sled? Oh, 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 my God! Leave the pop setting to the real man. You know, you're going to have to do this on your own one day. Oh! You have no business here, Jamaica. People are always afraid of what's different. Now, 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 now! God! But they found in each other... Do you really expect these Jamaicans to qualify? ...the courage to give it their all. Not only are they going to qualify, they're going to turn some heads doing it. I see pride. I see power. And they took the whole world along for the ride. <laughs> Used to follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Walt Disney Pictures presents... I am feeling very Olympic today. A story for anyone who dares to stand out in a crowd. I didn't come up here to forget who I am and where I come from. And everyone with the courage... Cool Yeah! ...to stand up for their dreams. How will I know if I'm enough? When you cross that finish line... Where did these guys come from? Jamaica! You'll know. Cool Runnings. So what are we going to name this sled? Tallulah. <laughs> That's Tallulah. What's my mother's name? Tallulah. 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 Tallulah.